Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. This season, we're inviting you to take the Lit Grit Challenge by reading great literature just one hour a day, 52 books in 52 weeks, to give you the grit you need to succeed. Hey everybody, Pitbull Patty here with the Pitbull Patty Show. Today, we're going to talk about a book that's, I, I think this book is great for somebody that, I mean, what are you, what are you giggling for? This is, a, this is a great book. It's a fascinating book. It's such an interesting book. <laughs> I say it every time. <laughs> every week. I do. Every, well, whatever. Well, they're all good books. That's why we're doing them. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. Taking the time out of our really busy schedule to do these books. Chaos. It is total chaos right now for both of us. But, I mean, this book I think is great because, you know, everybody always asks about real estate, don't they? And yeah. they ask about investing and they talk they watch either hgtv and they see all these flip shows or they hear somebody of theirs or somebody they know that has investment properties rental mm -hmm. properties or flips right so this book really this real estate investing by eric tyson and robert griswold i th i got this at barnes barnes and noble i thought this book was great for and i've given this book out before to people that uh clients that are like hey I'm very serious about investing. I really want to buy an investment property. This is just kind of a, I would say, a 101 type yeah, of book. Yeah, it's kind of like real estate investing for dummies. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a good serious. way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. if there's one. There's probably actually. Oh, there definitely is. Yeah, it's kind of a dummies for everything, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. There's a lot of dummies. Yeah, well, that too. But this book, I think, is great because it talks about, like, financing. It talks about, you know, valuing properties. Mm -hmm. Your team, which would include not only your realtor, but, you know, home, home inspector, inspectors. and Your lender. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, I, and I know, and actually, you know, this is so appropriate that we're doing this book today. Yeah, I'm uh, looking a little disheveled today. You I got, got some paint on my sweatshirt, <laughs> dust all over my shoes and jeans. Uh, I was actually just coming from the house I bought um, last month. Uh, that that needs a lot of work. That um, me and me and John, my dad, are are totally doing the flooring, redoing all the flooring and drywall, drywall, painting, everything. And you know, gonna demo. We'll redemo the kitchen, and then we actually just got the cabinets and uh, delivered yesterday. So that's gonna get done here pretty soon in the next couple of days. So, so. it's nice to you know talk about kind of the investment. You've got another property that you rent out, so you're yeah, a landlord. Yeah, this is pretty timely. This book, uh, yeah. since we're, you know, I I do have, um, you know, I bought my second home in North Beach. My first home's in North Beach, uh, on Third Street and Second Street, and uh, I love North Beach. You know, some of my friends joke that I'm the unofficial mayor of North Beach because <laughs> I'm always trying to sell it, and I'm I'm talking about quite a bit because I really do love love North Beach. I mean, I moved back here from New York City. Those of you who don't know, um, that's where I met Rose, my fiance. Um, so. Coming back from New York City, moving back to Calvert County, um, I really set my sights on North Beach because living in New York, I walked everywhere, didn't have a car. And uh, that's one thing I love about North Beach is you can walk to Hook and Vine, Plaza Mexico, Mama Lucia's. Church. Uh, walk to church. <laughs> uh, you can walk to Neptune. So, I mean, you got some really good restaurants. Um, and shoot, a couple of those have opened since I actually moved back. So, Catch-22, you can't, can't quite walk there, but... Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, you got that town feel, but I mean, like, so an investment property, and actually, one of the things to keep in mind, too, sometimes people don't realize when you buy an investment property, I personally think I have my own opinion about certain things, and one of them is, unless it's an unusual property, it's it's really a, a smart idea to buy a property that doesn't have a big yard, which, of course, the town lots don't have big yards, but that just anywhere, if you're buying, I don't care if you're in Alabama, 
it's nice if you're if you don't have to where if they don't mow it so the tenants aren't mowing it and then you got to get over somebody uh, out there to mow it or there's a vacancy raid or you just bought it and you're rehabbing it and you got this big you know property this big amount of acreage I mean mm -hmm. we've got we've got property in our area that have three acres that are mowable sure. I mean it's yeah. so it's that's a lot it's something to think about yeah because that's not something you would typically think about when you're talking about an investment or you know, either to flip or to, to hold on to and rent. Right. Some of the things that people don't think about. And then thinking about, like, being a landlord. Now, you're obviously now experiencing and have been. Yeah. yeah. You've, been you've been lucky to have excellent tenants. But, yeah. you know, yeah. you can hear some horror stories. I've, I've had a few over the years. Your dad and I with some really, really uh, not the best tenants. One, one I, our first set of tenants we had, gosh, 30 years ago. They were just, they, I don't know what happened, but they, the, they were wanted by the police, the, the <laughs> husband, I'm not even kidding you. Right. We didn't know that until they vacated the property. So they didn't do a background check, I Well, guess. this was years ago. You couldn't just go online and, and do background checks. So actually, that's a good point. I mean, today, you are so lucky if you're going to be a landlord today. Yeah. Do your due diligence. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of sites online. Smart Move? Is that the one? Yeah, my Smart Move and all those. You have a lot of, there's an, and there's a bunch of them. Actually. Yeah, yeah, there's but it does make one. it easy. You could get a background background check and a credit report all in you know one one locate you know one spot and several other sources of yeah. multiple different areas where you can go online and do searches on credit and criminal history sure you can do case searches and make sure that you know you can do all that so yeah. that's just smart to do and if you don't then shame on you if you, if you have a, a problem later uh but we yeah the, the, the guy that the first tens we had we went back to the house they vacated it Sent us the keys in the mail. I mean, well, because this was, like I said, it was 30 years ago. So it was like, it seems like a, a million years ago now. And and we go, to, your dad and I are at the house, and we're repainting the windows. We're like, because just, they just needed it, and touching it up, and getting it, re, you know, fixed back up so we can re-read sure. it. And then the police come by, and they're like asking your dad for his license <laughs> and who he is. They thought he was the tenant. Turns and out he was wanted for something else. He was wanted. He, no, he was wanted. This guy, the tenant, was wanted for grand theft auto. Yeah, and not only that, not just the video game. Yeah, well, that, well, that was before the video game, and the, and so he was into like cars and all kinds of stuff. Sure. And he left this ginormous, like, what are those, like, eighteen wheeler tractor trailer, like tires, and then like the rim that's like the metal thing the tire goes around. In the driveway, like literally this ginormous <laughs> thing. That, let me tell you, that's not easy to get rid of. It's like extremely heavy to, to oh. even get it on your truck. If Lord you got have mercy. I mean, it's just, and then they left like all this trash in the house. There were bugs everywhere. They stole the refrigerator. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, you're, if they went, if they hightailed it out of town, what are you going to do with the refrigerator? I don't know. I don't know. Put the stolen fridge in the stolen car. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It was crazy. So, but that was, you know, in prehistoric times. Now, when I think about compared to today, you can really check people out and, you know, get referrals of people. Sometimes right. you can. Yep. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. See who you're you're running to because the last thing you want to do is is you know have somebody. Yeah, and there are, there are some real horror stories. I mean, I, I had a client that just bought a house, and he was telling me that he had an investment property. They put all this, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into it and fixed it up really nice, and they had a tenant in there. And by the time they moved out, I mean, they, the house was trashed, and they ended up having to let the house go because it was it was literally beyond repair. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, just some of the stories you hear. So I, I was really lucky. I, I actually rented my house out to, uh, to a former uh, client of mine who was actually building a house. They had sold their house. So I just did a, a six-month lease with them, and, and now I've got a new tenant in there. And Military, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. And that's always not, that's not a bad idea. We've got a lot of military in there. Obviously, you know, you can't discriminate who you're going to rent to. You know, there's fair housing laws and everything like that. But all things being equal, if you can, you know, with there being so nice. much, yeah. so many military bases and, and personnel in the area, that's that's a great idea. And you know, and you they, know they're going to be here like three years typically. Right. And, and yeah, so they're not necessarily looking to buy because they're in a fluid situation. Uh, but the great thing about them is they've got the housing allowances. So, you know, they're going to be able to pay their rent every month, which is is really great well and one thing to to note i think about rental properties that you know just in, in diving into this conversation or this topic a little I, I think that sometimes landlords that i know make the mistake of you know kind of thinking i can be a just a crappy landlord where they're just like they don't take care of you know they don't have it a nice product they just think i'm going to get all this rent and i'm going to hardly do anything and i'm not going to you know be a good landlord. If you're going to end up being, and I'm, this isn't obviously talking about flips at the moment, but if you're going to talk about taking on a property, whether you rehab it or whatever you're doing, and then you put it out there for rent, if you're going to be a landlord, be a good landlord. Right. If you want good tenants, be a good landlord. So I feel really strongly about that because I've seen some people that are thinking like they don't want to fix anything. Right. They don't clean anything yeah. before. You and know. I mean, if you don't have a nice property, that then you're going to attract... You know, you're not, not going to be able nice to charge people. as much, so you're going to be dealing with lower net worth individuals. and Yeah. You know. So it kind of sometimes, not always, of course, there are exceptions, but kind of uh, goes hand in hand. If you if you yeah, put absolutely. in nice countertops and have it nice and clean and keep the appliances to where they're, you know. Tied into the tipping point, the power of context, if you have a really nice house, then they're likely to take better care of it. And if That's it's true. really dilapidated, then they're not going to care. Like they're the broken gonna... window thing. Right. It's yeah. a broken window theory. So, yeah. nice little segue. Nice. That was nice. I like that. I'm <laughs> impressed. <laughs> no, that's true. I definitely think that's true. So, you get you get good tenants that tend to, to value right. and appreciate that mm -hmm. you put loving care into having, you know, nice, uh, nice finishes, clean, fresh carpet, yep. fresh paint. All those kinds of things. So don't be kind of a, a slumlord. Don't don't have that be your goal, <laughs> right? So now that's talking about like uh, holding property. But sure. what about flipping? What do you? Yeah, well, and then there's a lot of there's you know a lot of different strategies when it comes to this. There's hard money loans. There's there's rehab loans. Which well, what's hard money? So people know. I know what it is, but just tell. Well, why don't you tell me? Well, hard money is like really is this is how I look at it. That I don't know, I mean, you could look it up, but it's it's really money that's not like where you go to a, a traditional lender, right. going to a bank and filing your. It's it's typically hey, this guy over here, Rocco, <laughs> does hard money loans. Uh, I'm kind of being you know flipping about it, but I mean really seriously, hard money is kind of the untraditional path of, of right. money, and, and you tend to have a much higher interest rates. Yeah, higher interest rates, but you have less. Restrictions. Uh, restrictions or or requirements as far as your uh, credit line, um, not your credit, your, your credit score, qualifications, right. things like that. So yeah, so that's one avenue. Um, another is the rehab loan avenue, and so two or three K, it's an FHA product. That's the one that everybody knows. But there's actually uh, a lot of conventional uh, rehab loans, which you know, depending on your situation, depending on your credit score, you know, the the conventional rehab loans, you you need a higher credit score. 
Um, so they're a little more restrictive in terms of who can qualify. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think those are maybe even a better product, yeah. uh, depending on your situation. Yeah, and I would say if you're, since we're talking about, a, like, for people who are just wanting to get into investing, even if they maybe have one property, but they're looking into getting into more, or they've never bought an investment property, and they're really seriously thinking about it and wanting to know more, that's who we're talking about. I, uh, my message to them would be go, go, you know, do your due diligence, get a good realtor who knows what they're doing with, you know, investment properties, uh, whether they have them or don't have them, but they, they have experience with yeah. clients that have and, had them. And ask him and, about and, their and experience with, with rehab loans specifically, because I mean, they're not that, they're not that common. So yeah. it's important to have a realtor that actually knows what the heck they're doing. And has... Regardless uh, of it, whether it's a rehab loan or, or a general sale. But. Well, that's true. But also <laughs> somebody, a, a realtor that can, can hook you up with a really good lender that could then steer you, okay, this is the type of, here, here's your options mm -hmm. and here's how much money you'll need and, and things like that. Because yeah. on an investment property, since it's not going to be your primary residence, you're going to have a higher interest rate mm -hmm. and typically you're going to have to put down more money. Right. So they'll walk you through all of that. So get all that information and then go with your realtor to start looking at some properties, looking and, yeah. and, and that's, that's an investment, but you can also do a two or three K loan and make that your primary residence and more of a long-term investment. Um, well, that's true. You yeah, could versus a flip per se. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say also a, a good piece of advice would be if you're looking for an investment property, most people will be saying, well, I really want to buy a foreclosure. And what they really mean is they want to buy something that's a fixer up or they can get a good deal on. My opinion is you can get, don't overlook the mom and pop existing home seller mm -hmm. that, you know, they could just be some older couple that has a house actually with great bones and that's already shape. paid off that they so they've got a lot of equity. Those those sometimes That's very dated. Right. Those yeah. sometimes can be actually the best value. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I yeah, love so I think those that's great products. advice. <laughs> I think that's great advice not to kind of you know get tunnel vision on a, on a foreclosure or get pigeonholed into just looking for foreclosures um, because like you said a, a dated home that you know someone's lived in for a long time and and cared for but it's just dated. And they might have, it might be totally paid off. So that that's actually where you can negotiate a little bit more and actually possibly get the best deal. Because they have some equity. Right. Yeah, people look past that a lot, I think. But older people, I mean like really old people, tend to take the best, that right. generation tended to be, take the best care of their homes where, you know, they paid attention to the mechanicals, to the roof, to make sure that everything was Yeah, and, and older operating. generations are typically a lot more handy too, to where they, they're able to maintain their homes a little bit better because they're little more skilled and yeah. you know, a wide range yeah, of Yeah, you things. contrast that to the to people your age, the millennials. My generation is probably somewhere in between, but you're the millennials are like, we just want granite countertops. <laughs> we just want stainless steel appliances, right? I mean, am I wrong? I know. They're just like yeah, in love with the finishes. Yeah, and, and that is it's so funny <laughs> when, when I go out with clients and they're like, you know, I want to fix her upper and then you show them fixer uppers, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want nothing to do with this." <laughs> they, what they really mean is that I want somewhere I can just put new carpet in and paint. That's yeah. that's a lot of people's definitions of a fixer upper. So yeah, that always kind of cracks me up. Exactly. So you definitely need to do an assessment of if you're not that handy, which a lot of people are not, and so you either need, you know, regardless uh, of their generation. Yeah, let's that's not, true. Let's not pick on millennials too. Okay, much. that's true. 
That's true. Although I haven't met a whole met a whole lot of uh, millennials that are super handy, but I'm sure there are some out there, right? <laughs> maybe not enough i don't know but i think that's an assessment that somebody needs to make if you're serious about yeah, actually absolutely. wanting to buy an investment absolutely. property to either flip or hold you know doing an assessment okay what am i what can i do and then what am i going to hire somebody to do and be realistic with yourself and what what your abilities are i mean yeah, because yeah. I've seen a few flips where people in our Do area were a lot of it themselves, and they look like and crap. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, they just really look yeah. That's shoddy. that's the old hairy homeowners. You know, yeah, that's that's what we call them. You they know, when they think do a lot they're of a stuff, contractor. Do a lot of stuff themselves. So <laughs> they're not. Yeah. Well, is there any other advice you would give uh, before we kind of wrap up? I know this is kind of a just it's a, a quick one. It is a quick one, but I wanted to address it because we're trying to cover books that will help people, you advance know, advance themselves. Advance themselves. Yeah. Personal exactly. development or. Managing their finances better, or being make able some to money, which buy an investment property, get some passive income. That's something that I really would like to do. Is um, I mean, I really like to sell my first home, but uh, I had to get it rented out in order to, to use the loan I was going to use to buy the second home um, because it's a primary residence. Um, I'd really love to buy another investment property by the end of the year. Uh, it's probably a little ambitious since that's I just bought one. So that's one. on your goal list. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, because I mean, my goal is really to have. Uh, you know, two different investment properties where the passive income essentially covers my mortgage of the house I'm living in now. That's that's my ultimate goal by the end of this year. I'd really like to be able to do that. Um, that way, all the houses I sell and the you know money I make, I can really start to build and get ahead, knowing that hey, my mortgage is paid for on passive income. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way to get ahead. And I think we kind of talked about it before was um, something that your dad. You know, my grandfather used to say, and he, I don't, he never said it to me, but he, you know, you kind of passed it along. Was you know, you're never going to get rich off your salary. Yeah. Um. So you're never going to get rich saving. You know, a biweekly paycheck. You've got to add to your revenue streams, and you've got to be able to invest in either real estate or, or you know, the, the stock market. Make investments. Cop, you take advantage of compound interest, etc. That that's how you're going to get ahead and really become, you know, successful and wealthy. Um. You know, you're not just gonna. Rose always likes to get on me about my Dunkin' Donuts habits, and I, and I always tell her, I say, look, if I spend $3.50 a day at Dunkin' Donuts, and I sell one more house a year because I'm properly caffeinated, it pays for itself 10 times oh, over. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So <laughs> That's good. I'm not going to deprive myself of my Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, because I'll just sell one more house. Oh, Okay. Well, hey, and plus, you know, I mean, if that's what, you know, if that's your, like, little luxury in life, then, you yeah, know, you got to yeah. have something you're, you know, it uh, fuels you. Yeah, that's right. right. That's More right. than one way. You know, it's an I, energy cold brew, a shot of espresso. You should do a Dunkin' Donuts course. I should. Well, you kind of just did. <laughs> now, I think that's actually really good advice. You, you know, to make investments is great. Know why you're, why you're doing it. Are you, are you doing it so that you can flip, so that you can take that money and then invest it into something else, whether it's other properties or it's another business or something, mm -hmm. or to raise funds? Are you doing it for that reason? Are you doing it because you're my age and you're thinking, okay, I want to have a certain amount of properties and then have them paid off by the time I'm, you know, 65 years old and right. I have investment income that's coming right. in on properties that are paid off? It, you need to know what what what's your motivation? What's your goal to do it for? Is it Absolutely. hold flip? What what are you doing? And and uh, one other piece of advice I would give in um, for somebody looking to to make investment properties 
if you're planning on buying a property to hold, I'm a firm believer in the 15-year mortgage. I really like a 15-year mortgage. Mm -hmm. Like Dave Ramsey talks about that a lot in, yeah. in his books. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to pay so much less for that property in the mm -hmm. end that, you know, and if it's $400 more a month, which is a lot of money. Yeah. And yep. So I'm not, you Absolutely. know, saying that's not a lot of money. But if it's $400 more a month, you'll get used to it. And if you build it in and, you know, do it now, and then you're going to have that house paid off either in 15 years or have so much of the, you know, so much more principal uh, and right. equity in that property over a short amount of time. Absolutely. And another thing you can do is if, if you're, if you feel like the 15 year mortgage is a little too ambitious for you, you just, you're worried about your, your monthly income. Cause a lot of people are, have to set monthly income. So that's why it's important to add to your revenue streams, get a side hustle, you know, whatever. Um, side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another thing you could do, though, is just set up your mortgage to be paid on a bi-weekly basis. If you do that, you're going to get an extra mortgage payment by the end of the year, which on a 30-year mortgage is going to shave seven years off of your 30-year mortgage. So you'll be able to pay it off in 23 years. That way you're um, maybe not overextending yourself by putting it on a 15-year mortgage, but that way you can still get that principal paid down more quickly. And um, you know, by doing it on a bi-weekly basis, paying half of your mortgage every um, you know. Two weeks it's yeah and actually I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that I would I did want to mention if you if you have a property um, in an, in either a, a lower income property area or in an area where um, it's just it's harder to get good tenants that have you know set salaries and that kind of thing and they, they live a little closer to the edge if you have a rental property in those in that type of situation one way to really uh, keep your tenants current as far as paying their rent and you getting your rents paid is to actually collect, if they get paid every other Friday, say, you collect the rent you know, half a month at a time yeah. every other Friday. That's a great so idea. They, because yeah. then instead of waiting at the one time a month, they've already spent that money. Right. You know, they're living close to the edge kind of thing or, or money's just tight. And the reality is, is that, I mean, the unfortunately, I think it's over 50% of people in our country live paycheck to paycheck. So there are a lot, you know, chances are your tenant is, isn't going to have, you know, some big nest egg or, you know, savings account to where if they were to fall behind on something or, or whatever. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. And, and it's easier for them too. They appreciate it. I have clients who've done that. A lot of properties in Baltimore, some yeah. of the areas where, you know, the, the, you know, the tenants, that's what they, that's what, you know, my clients have done where right. they have their tenants. Yeah. Pay, that's really good advice. Yeah, every other week or even once a week. But if you do it every other week, then it's a lot easier for them too. Yeah. It's just taken right out of their paycheck and then they don't go spend it and right. then not have it when yeah. the end of the month comes or, or whatever. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this up. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show what we're going to be doing for this next week. This book, I mean, I'm in love with every one of these books. They're kind of like children. <laughs> so, Pitch Anything. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you say this guy's name. It's Oren Klaff or Klaff, K-L-A-F-F. -F. I think this is an excellent book. Just totally different. We're, 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 we're obviously doing all self-improvement, self-development, but also some money-related things. Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, because money, you need money. Yeah. Everybody needs money. you got to be able to pay your bills, make some money. Um, you know, to be able to live and prosper. So that's why we want to include those. But this one, pitch anything. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk more about it next week. You'll have to, but it's excellent, excellent book. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, check us out on iTunes. If you like iTunes, you know, I like to tell people that you can subscribe so that it notifies you when we do another episode. We Absolutely. try to have them done every Friday. That's that's been our goal, and hopefully we can stick to I think it. We've hit it. I, we have, I think. Uh, it's been tough, and it's going to even get tougher. <laughs> Lord knows, moving. it's been tough. Yeah. 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 But it's it's important. And oh, you should tell real quick before we sign off. What will you tell me about that story about the guy who? Uh, oh well, and speaking of side hustle, so this there's a guy that uh, you know I actually started following him on Twitter, and then I he's got a newsletter, like an email e newsletter. So and he just um, he's got an e commerce business. You know, which I think is great. I'd love to kind of start to dip my toe into that and just to add to revenue streams. Um, but he, he sent an email out, I think it was a, a week ago, and it was, he, he talked about how he grew up in a really small town, like a, like a mountain town, and he didn't have access to, you know, a bunch of mentors or, you know, business people or whatever, and that one day he, like, discovered books and that it was a total game changer. He couldn't believe that all these successful people had literally just given you all this neatly provided information, edited, you know, and, and made basically just for you, um, all this information and, and, and ways to get ahead. So he, he came out with a list of, of 20 of the books that were the most in, influential for, for him. Um, and it was great because there were like four or five of them were on, were, were from the list that we're doing. And yeah, I was going to say the, at least. The Power yeah. of Habit, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is Dale Carnegie, uh, who's got a bunch of great books. Um, uh, influence, um, the, the psychology of persuasion, or is that, is that yeah, right? influence, yeah. yeah. What and, are we doing that? With? Um, and there were you know another one or two. So on the there point too. is yeah. that it opened him up into this whole world of these yeah. amazing mentors, yeah, that are right at your fingertips, and and that's the whole point of the lit great challenges for people to realize that you know the the great mind the great minds are out there yeah. they're in they've written books so many of them right and yeah they, yeah it was it, great and it was more it. it was just you know more social proof too because he, he's somebody that is, is really successful and and um lives a totally kind of nomadic lifestyle he's you know he's his own boss and doesn't you know surfs and snowboards all day and yeah got a an e-commerce business that, that pays all his bills he actually um buys investment properties he, he always talks about he basically took his e-commerce money and then buys Airbnbs. And he's got a bunch of Airbnbs all over wow. kind of the country. And that's another another uh, topic. We will save that for yeah. another day. Yeah, we could talk a good about one that to touch too. on with investment properties. We, we could, but we'll, we'll be talking that's about some other. That's a whole podcast that, that really is. That's a, that's a whole other one. <laughs> so we'll sign off for now. Have a great week. Uh, glad you could join us and happy reading. All right. Bye.